Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You're far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you choose to be here with me. It's actually pretty true. It's uh, Thanksgiving Eve as I record this. You may be listening to it the night before Thanksgiving, maybe on Thanksgiving. It's a, a nice long weekend, and there is no shortage of um, you know hobby news outlets, no shortage of, of places to get your your content, and definitely no shortage of hobby drama over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we've had uh, a bunch of crazy things happen, and the last two episodes I posted were, I hope you enjoyed, you know, a little Ian interview about the Babe Ruth card. I thought that was hilarious. I uh, had a lot of fun with that, and, uh, you know, <laughs> because of you guys, I'm able to do something like that. I'm able to, you know, go out here and record an episode with my son, so, you know, big thankful to you guys for that as we approach Thanksgiving and talk about things to be thankful for in the hobby. Um, and episode before that, we talked about, you know, arena club, we had the arena club guys on. So I really had a chance to kind of, you know, talk about the hobby drama. And I was thinking about it. I wonder if that's why you guys tune in. I wonder if that's why you guys, you know, come here and, and, you know, you want to, you know, you want to hear about the drama because there's a, a lot of other places to get it. And I, I've, I've tried to, you know, steer clear of the the drama because it's <laughs> it's not exactly evergreen stuff, and it's an internal kind of um, dialogue I have here, right? What is the right content? What is the right way of doing this? You know, what's the you know what's the stuff that you know I could put out that you know is going to get the listens and the watches because it's not just something that's valid right now, and you know the internal kind of you know thought process that I have with is. Right, if I talk about drama, one, I'm fighting with everybody else who's talking about the drama. You know, and I don't do numbers like the sports card radio guys do. Impressive what they're able to pull down. Um, and, you know, there are many, many other similar outlets that do the drama stuff. And, you know, to come on here and talk about mega bidding today, um, you know, would be uh, a day late and a dollar short. And, you know, what's amazing about that is, you know, it, let's just say we went down that road of content. Um, who's listening right now to the content about card porn? Like, who's going back and listening, you know, two months old stuff? Who's listening to the, you know, who, who who's going on there and getting that? It, it was probably hot for a minute or two. And, you know, it was, it, it probably caught some eyeballs and some ears but nobody's checking that out now. They've moved on to the next one and then the next one. And I, you know, I've, I put it in my hobby news, you know, the first couple dozen times I did it, you know, as sort of like a, you know, a part of the caption that, you know, I'm able to easily come up with that one minute news segment every week because the hobby has no shortage of news and the hobby really has no shortage of drama. So I guess that kind of content can be, you know, replenished week over week, a couple times a week where there's always going to be enough drama, something shady, something crazy going on. But I know it's not evergreen, but what's funny is I swing it back to the other direction. You know, what is evergreen? You know, should I come on here and talk about, you know, different types of card sets? Should I do a deep dive into the 1993 Fleer Ultra set and the Scoring King set and who's in the checklist and what the pack odds were and, you know, how the pack odds differ from the following year's power in the key and the, you know the neon foil versus the purple lightning foil and the condition sensitivity issues and how rare they are and even though they're not numbered what the print run and the odds are and what's funny about that is i'm at, 
one, I know there's plenty of content out there about that. Two, yeah, sure, it's evergreen, but who wants to hear it? I mean, I know there are probably some hobby purists out there. It's got some value, you know, maybe, you know, the Jordan collecting crew who, you know, is 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 trying, you know, get some more data about Jordan stuff. But there's enough of those guys out there too. And so I guess I find myself in a, a spot where I just, you know, I try to, I guess, go down the middle of those lanes, right? You know, you want to be a collector. You want to have something that's collector focused. You want to give some value to the people who are collecting, the people who were here before, the people who will be here after this crazy run up, this crazy cycle that we've just been through. You don't want to give short shrift to the, you know, the hobby drama, the news of the day. I try to capture as much of it as I can in my own way in the, hobby news week that I do once a week uh, in a minute. It's impossible to really go into any detail in that. Um, and obviously, I guess what I'll say to you guys is, you know, if you have something you want me to touch on, please throw it out there, you know, send me some messages. And I will touch on something today that I think is sort of educational. Um, you know, we take for granted sometimes terms of art. And I got d this week, at least a dozen people message me, ask me to explain something. So I will, for you guys, I'll explain what it is. Some people hearing this when I do the explanation are going to laugh and be like, wow, I can't believe people didn't know what that was. But, you know, that is part of why we come on here, right? And I guess that is that middle lane that we go through. Um, you know, in my professional life outside of cars, I use terms of art. And sometimes I speak to people who are not as well versed and I'll use an acronym or I'll use a term of art. And people are like, what does that mean? You have to kind of take a step back and realize not everybody goes into the conversation with the exact same knowledge base, expertise, you name it, that you are. And I think that's kind of my lane and or at least i want that to be my lane um so it might not be the most evergreen stuff in the world it might not be something that gets you know listened to or watched you know a year from now or two years from now although we always have people who find us and catch up um you know but i want it to be educational valuable and you know i hope we're able to do that for you so without further ado we're going to talk about, you know, why it's a hobby to be thankful for, some of the news and stuff that's going on this week, and some of that fun stuff. But I'm going to take this most recent hobby news in a different way. The dozen or so people who have messaged me asked me this question. What is a mega bid? Yes, that is asked. And why I say it's an interesting thing is, um, you know, if you are somebody who tunes into the Friday night crossover, which uh, the card ladder trio i mean i guess stiff arm is sort of involved in it and so there might be a, a four-way dance but obviously you know josh and uh and chris are on there and you have christina always you know always throwing in her three four five six cents um but they that was the first place i heard the phrase megabit but you know you can kind of guess what it is but you know for this week it's it's taken a front and center you know um place in the hobby and basically, the thought on it is this. Um, a card comes up. You want it. You don't want to miss out on it. So you place an eBay bid that is so crazy, so absurd, that no one's going to outbid you for it. Like you say, that card is mine. You know what? It could sell for anywhere between you know, $200 and $400. I'm putting in a you know an $800 bid. I'm putting in double bid, you know. So if it winds up, I have to go to 500 or 600 or whatever it is. Somebody else comes in at the last minute trying to win it. I'm gonna win it because I'm putting in this mega bid because I have to have the card. 
phrase has been used many times during that show. What's a card you would mega bid on? You know, what are, you know, what, what you know, have, has the mega bid ever come back to backfire on you? And, you know, it appears that, you know, you have to be careful because if it's a $400 card and you put an $800 bid in, it's entirely possible somebody else has the same strategy. And, you know, it's a card that not only you want, but somebody else wants. And if somebody else has the same idea as you and they bid $790 and you bid $800, all of a sudden you're going to win the card for $800. And you're sitting there thinking to yourself, all right, this is a $400 card in my estimation. I just want it for $800. What do I have to do? Well, there's your mega bid. That's your answer of what a mega bid is for the many, many people who inquired about, hey, I'm lost. What's a mega bid? Um and it's, you know, like I said, it's become a, um, a front and center issue this week in the hobby. Got to be careful. Um, so there's that. I would say, uh, you know, eBay sniping tools are probably um, getting a uh, a little bit of a boost this week. You know, you're able to put kind of a bid in and they bid it up for you at the last second, the very last second. Um, seems like, a, you know, a worthwhile endeavor in this uh, in this megabit climate. So there's that. How about to be thankful for? We do another 10 minutes for you. Couple things, news, couple things to be thankful for. Um, if you watch the news, you saw a bunch of stuff going on um, in the hobby, a bunch of mergers and acquisitions. You saw HGA was purchased, you saw Starstock was purchased, and you saw Leaf was purchased. Um, interesting stuff, right? Because you know, consolidation-wise in the hobby, you have sort of like um, the haves and the have-nots, right? You have the companies that come in and they do their, uh, you know, they Tops was ultimately purchased, right, by Fanatics. That's a top-level company, right? You have, uh, you know, Golden and, uh, you know, PSA in the collector's umbrella. You know, PSA was taken private. Golden was brought into that umbrella. Card Ladder was brought in there as well. Um, and uh, PWCC ultimately brought in under the uh, the uh, Fanatics umbrella. Some of these companies that you saw, um, you know, taken over, uh, bought out, merged this week. Leaf, you know, Leaf I'm sure is a profitable enough company, um, but in the card manufacturing world, it is a you know a distant third. To the companies with all the money and all the licenses, your fanatics now, well, you know, tops fanatics and uh, Panini. And, you know, while Leaf serves a purpose and, you know, makes quality stuff and quality cards for the most part unlicensed, um, you know, it's a company that a lot of people thought, well, what's going to happen with them? Well, now you know. Um, they got bought and we'll see what happens with them after being bought. Starstock is a, an, you know, company last week I had an, an idea something was going on with them because I was getting messages from a lot of folks saying, Hey, my star stock account is dead, the website is dead, I can't get in there. I still have cards, I still have cards there. Um, and they were purchased by Brandon Steiner's company, which you know, if you're anywhere in the tri state area, you know, Steiner probably, um, you know, outside that area as well. But a lot of Yankee memorabilia, a lot of you know, it's a, it's a big name here. We'll see what comes of them, and you know, HGA also. Um, you know, if you want to rank the grading companies that are out there, you know, HGA is definitely not in the, you know, not in the top three. I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything by volume. I mean, you see the, you know, the, the, the gem rate reports that come out, um, you know, they're, they only really track four companies right now between Beckett and, um, PSA and SGC and CGC, right? So 
you know, interesting to see that those guys are also being bought. It's a, it's funny because this was a year sort of of consolidation in your own PCs and your own collection. Um, I've been saying that there's going to be some consolidation in the hobby as well. The the, the next area I, I'd be curious about because you know you see kind of grading had this boom and all these smaller you know graders kind of popped up to compete because there was this glut of cards being graded and and I don't know that that's happening now. I don't know that as many cards are being graded and I don't know if as many cards are being graded by companies other than those big ones. Um, and you know unless you have something else going on, Arena Club has their own market tag is bringing a different sort of, um, you know, transparency and technical expertise to grading. You know, HGA, I think they had like a horizontal slab and uh, they had some, some, you know, some fun labels, but they don't have a, their own marketplace like an arena club does that they bring to the table. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's interesting to see that and it's not surprising to me that there's going to be some, you know, some, some M&A action. The next space to me that seems ripe for this is breaking um and twofold right because you had this rise in the hobby the rise of you know participants in the hobby and money being spent in the hobby and you know breaking has sort of been the last bastion of that the last place where people continue to you know spend their money but you have your fanatics live now which is you know turning into a juggernaut if not already a juggernaut i've never been on it well i'll throw that out there um i don't have the app downloaded if there is an app I've, I've not been invited to 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 do it um i tried to get on a stream last week when uh, a basketball card guy was on it i just couldn't do it maybe i'm just too old I, I i couldn't figure out how to get on um but you have their app whatnot who was huge and you know still competing with you know with fanatics you're talking about your drips and your loops and you know whoever else you have out there doing the live selling you know platforms car shop live has basically shut down um unless i have their press release wrong um, i don't think they're you know they're you know continuing activities that's an interesting thing right because you know you have star stock being bought um you have this m a you know you you would have thought maybe you know car shop live or one of those entities might get rolled up my thought was you know you could see you know, a, a whatnot sort of has a number two buying a number three, like maybe whatnot drip card buy, you know, like loop, like all kind of merging in to have one bigger competitor to Fanatics Live. I think that that space is right for you to take over or like I said, you know, I mean, you saw one kind of, you know, go by the wayside that could potentially happen. And the trickle down on that is individual breakers, you know, um, there are ones who are going to, you know, be the the fanatics live breakers you can kind of see it i took a picture today and it's the same five names that you've seen on there basically since the rollout i'm sure that'll expand to 10 names or 15 names and they'll basically be uh you know the fanatics breaking crew um and whatnot has their people also and that's going to be an interesting place breaking was a, a fun spot where during this you know during this run-up this covid cycle that we had um Anybody was a breaker and you can go to, you know, Walmart, Target, luck out and grab some blasters and come on Instagram and just, you know, go live and break, you know, then all these kind of apps came out where it was easy for you to get on and do it. And, you know, we were, we were on them ourselves on whatnot, you know, I was on trip. It's the ease of use is, is even grandpa here is able to, 
was able to get on there and uh, and use it. But nobody's breaking those blasters now. They're staying on the shelves at Target. I don't think there's as many people doing this stuff. The price of the products have gone up. The amount of things that you can hit in those products has gone down. And breaking is now sort of like, a, you know, you got Blez doing their thing over in this corner. You got Backyard doing their thing. You got Layton doing their thing. You got Breakers. And you got some stores doing breaking and stuff like that. But it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting space, and I can see that kind of, you know, going through some consolidation as well, especially now that we see that sort of in the air, uh, some of these other companies starting to be, uh, you know, kind of gobbled up. Thankful. Let's go with this. As big and bad of a boogeyman as, uh, you know, Fanatics is and how, you know, we like to joke about how, you know, 10xing the hobby is just this, you know, rallying cry that it seems impossible. They're doing this buyback again, you know, this uh, MVP buyback. And, you know, Acuna's base cards is definitely not worth 20 bucks. I don't even think Otani's base cards are worth 20 bucks. You might have a, a, a decision to make if you have a really nice, you know, out of 99 or 75, definitely 50, Otani refractor from Chrome that you think might PSA 10. I don't know whether I turn that in for 200 bucks, you know? I mean, when it was Paul Goldschmidt, sure, take my cards and give me 20 bucks. Give me 40 bucks. Take this, you know, refractor. Um, you know, Ian and I opened up enough boxes that I think between – we have one numbered Otani. It's uh, like a, an aqua blue refractor to 199 I still think I'm going to take the 100 bucks for that. I do. A um, couple refractors of each and a bunch of base. I think I tallied it up yesterday on the – the case of Chrome that we opened, I think we have about three hundred and sixty dollars back, um, just from uh, just from the Otani's and the Acuna's, which is you know, great. You know, I mean, how do you beat that? I, I forget what we paid for the case, but that's a good chunk back. Even forgetting about you know the rookie cards and the you know the Corbin Carrolls and the Volpes that I sold on Arena Club, um, that's an interesting thing. Like, you know, that's something that if it continues and, you know, that goes forward, that is one of the joys I have in the hobby. The opening up cards with my son, you know, breaking wax the way, you know, whether you do it with a kid or, or you just do it yourself and being able to open and get some of it back so that you can take that money and put it into the next time you open, right? And, and this type of buyback is a cool way of doing that. And it also is smart for them, right? Because it's not a buyback where it's like you mail it in and Fanatics is giving you cash. You have to take it to your LCS or participating LCS. That is a Fanatics LCS that is ordering cards from Fanatics and people are going to be using that at that card store. So it, yes, I'm sure it costs Fanatics some money, right? To do this buyback, but it's a positive for the collector right you me we're now able to get some money back on cards that are not worth what they're offering us for it right they're paying above your comp for an acuna base card 20 bucks but it also helps out the lcs's i mean i've seen piece of the game do a whole bunch of content about this you know mail in your cards and you can order you don't even have to go to the store you know here's how you do it and you can order online um, I'll go to my LCS. It's increased foot traffic there, you know, and so it's smart from fanatics, you know, not only bolstering the consumer, but it helps the LCS. I'd love to see more, um, you know, more programs like that, more products like that, more products like that. And I, I'd love to see what they do with the cards. 
you know, if they're going to be doing this every year, I haven't seen anything yet about the, uh, you know, the judge and the Goldschmidt that they did last year. I, here you go. Right. How are you thankful? Fanatics, you listen to this. Well, maybe not. Some of the people who I was friendly with at Fanatics have recently left. Um, but there are still some folks there. You guys know who, who I'm talking about. You know, you, you just dropped this Chrome update box that, you know, I paid a hundred something dollars a box for just to chase the MLB debut patch. And that's a cool chase to be in there, but it's an impossible chase. You really, you know, you got to be lucky and breaking with the right people and breaking the right product to actually hit one of those. But for the most part, the box is crap. I mean, there's no new rookie in it. Nobody wants the MLB debut of the same guys. And hell, you held Ellie De La Cruz back into flagship for next year. You know what you could have done? I mean, unless you melted them all down or threw them all out, you have your, your you know, tons of, of Aaron Judge and um, and uh, last year's MVP. I just said his name. Goldsmith. You have these cards. You know, get a few of them autographed. Heck, take some stickers that you probably have of those guys laying around. Slap some stickers on the buybacks from last year. You know, throw them in a case, put a little gold around it, put a little foil around it, you know, hand number it. Do like a hand numbered, you know, 100 of each base refractor, you know, whatever it is, you name it, and drop those into this year's chrome. You know, I mean, do, do something fun with that. You know, it, it, it provides some continuity to that buyback program. You know, now you're going to have stacks of Acuna and Otani cards that are, that are, you know, that are awesome, right? They're, you know, they're, people want those guys' cards. There's like no Otani in up in the the, the Chrome update. You know, I think there's like an All Star game. But I mean, it would be nice to have one of those. Maybe insert has, you know, an, an Otani one. But, but think if you would put that in, or you know, drop them into flagship. Heck, you have enough of these. You know, have them signed. Put a border on them, or you know, do something like you know, like Panini Honors. Um, you know, do something where. You know, those cards get inserted. Insert them into Series 1 flagship, Series 2. Like, throw them into update. Throw them across your products. Why not? You know, it's just another thing to chase, and it, it, it provides continuity into this, and maybe you get some value back, you know, for the cards that you're buying, you know? Maybe it becomes a chase. Um, I, I, you know, I'm trying to come up with a way where not only does it make sense for me, because it's an awesome thing for me to get money from my LCS, makes sense for my LCS, but Fnatic can turn it into something that's good for them as well instead of just shelling out cash and having stacks of Paul Goldschmidt cards, Aaron Judge card. Use them, you know, because collectors think that's cool. Like, I'm turning in this card. The process then is it goes to my LCS. The LCS sends it to Fnatic. What's going on with it? Okay, well, we'd love to see it. I think it's a cool thing to see what happens next with that card. So anyway, I'll get off my... My, my soapbox about that, but it would be fun, to, you know, for you guys to also carry that through and maybe, you know, get some value out of the money that you're, you know, buying these cards back for. Next. Whew. Yeah, a lot of fun. I'll touch on one more issue and I'll let you guys go and get to your, you know, your families and, uh, and Thanksgiving and all the, the fun stuff, maybe even starting to, you know, decorate for Christmas. A lot of people do that. I'm going to be doing it myself. Um, IRS rules changed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from a couple of different perspectives. One, if you have gains from your card, you should be reporting that anyway. That is not this this new you know uh, pushback again. Doesn't mean oh I have no I have no I don't have to report. I don't have to pay taxes. You have to pay taxes. That's true. Why it's relevant is this: there are people out there who have held back selling because of this, who haven't sold because of this, because 
the way it works is let's just say you sell twenty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars worth of cards, even if you sold it at a loss, right? And a lot of people are in that boat, right? They bought cards a year ago, two years ago, and they sold them this year to try to either cash out or because you know they're tired of the, the value of the card they bought coming down, they emotionally bought it. And basically they've you know they've spent uh, $30,000, they've only got $20,000 back. Guess what? There's no taxes on that. I mean, I'm not a CPA, consult your tax professional, but if you bought something for $30,000 and you and you uh, only got $20,000 for it, that's a $10,000 loss. The problem is with the new rules, you know, if you did that and it's more than 600 bucks and you did it through PayPal or any of these third-party processing vendors, including the auction houses, they're going to send you a 1099 this year that says you sold $20,000 worth of cards. And then when you report your taxes, you're going to say, even though they're sending me something that says $20,000, I have a loss of 10. That's going to, you know, people are afraid that's going to have some eyeballs on it. And there are a lot of people out there who are selling hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cards at losses. And they were fearful of this too, because, you know, you're going to get a 1099 from a company that says you sold half a million dollars worth of cards, even though you know it cost you $550,000. And you're going to say it's a loss. That's a an interesting thing to be presenting on your taxes to the IRS. Yes, this company says I sold half a million dollars worth them, but I really didn't make any money. Really? Wow, that's kind of silly. Well, now, for the most part, that 1099 is not coming. So I would imagine that people are going to be sending in their cards now at the end of the year to try to get under that. Who knows? Maybe they'll push it back again. But the, the thing was, uh, basically two years ago, this was supposed to go into effect. It was a 2021 change supposed to go into effect for 2022. Uh, so when you file the tax in 2023, the PayPal third party, um, you know, payment processing rules used to be, and they still are now. Um, if you have 200 transactions totaling more than $20,000, PayPal, any other payment processor, Venmo, you name it, will send the 1099 K, um, was supposed to be 2022, they were going to drop that down to just $600 with no minimum transaction, um, which would catch almost anybody, you know, like the, the that's, that's anybody we get caught up in that. You're talking about like, you know, oh, I went to lunch with friends and, you know, you do that a couple times a year for 150, 200, 300 bucks, boom, you're over that 600 threshold. And, you know, that's not what that's supposed to do. Um, so, um, Last year, they pushed it back and they said, okay, we'll make this a year where you can figure it out and everybody can prepare for it. And, you know, everybody expected 2023 to be the year where you in when you file your taxes in 2024, this will be there. But yesterday, you know, the IRS came out and said they're pushing it, kicking it another year. So I I, I imagine that, uh, you know, there's going to be some folks out there that are rushing to, you know, to sell some stuff by the end of the year. Maybe that'll mean some bargains for you. Because usually November and December are pretty soft periods in the hobby. Usually uh, easier to get more bargains here. It's a little bit of a lighter time. People, uh, you know, need money, spend it on the holidays and that kind of stuff. So there's my two noteworthy, newsworthy things for you. And uh, you know, there you go. Thank you very much. Listen, I'm thankful for each and every one of you guys. I want you to enjoy Thanksgiving. Don't get too crazy into the hobby drama. Um, and uh, maybe open up a pack of cards or something like that and have some fun. I'm bringing cards to the house I'm going to. They got a couple of kids. I'm bringing you know, holiday packs from Tops for the kids to open. So enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving.